What's up? This is episode 110, Focus 40. We're talking to someone who thinks pies are good to taste as desserts, not in the charts. Let's do it. Welcome to the Design Your Thinking Podcast, a show where we think, learn, and explore the product mindset so you can design better products every day. And now your host, Karthik. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me again today. We are back with a Focus 40 episode. I know we've not done this for uh, quite a while, but again, we are doing this again. We are doing with a guest who is a very interesting person. You know, we got talking for, I think, more than an hour, and I really want you to get the fullest out of this uh, entire conversation. So today we'll actually have one part of the conversation and uh, and on Wednesday I'll air the second half of the conversation. So what did we get talking about? Well, our guest was someone I really wanted to have on the show because of two reasons. One, he has a good experience of being a product designer and a product manager. He's a chief product officer of a new product that uh, he's running and a co-founder of the company. And he's somebody who has a very different take towards a lot of things in in life and i really think it's important for us to talk to some people like this because they bring in amazing perspectives into um the the whole world of making products so without further ado i'd love to introduce you to our guest today but before we went ahead with the episode i'd like to introduce you to the tiny book of triggers a project you know that i've been working on in the recent times as product managers and designers we are passionate about our work and always are looking to explore new areas to learn and grow our knowledge, skills and career. We sometimes pick a book, listen to a podcast or take up a course uh, in the quest of gaining knowledge. The Tiny Book of Triggers is a tool for product managers and designers to explore new learning opportunities. It's a book that covers 12 topics and has about 120 triggers. These triggers are essentially, you know, actions that help you get started with learning something new. The Tiny Book of Triggers gets updated regularly with more triggers compiled from successful practitioners and experts who've been on this show. The goal is to constantly bombard you or give you a supply of more triggers, ideas to help you stay on top of your learning and career goals. To get yourself a copy of the Tiny Book of Triggers, just head over to tinybookoftriggers.com. That's T-I-N-Y-B-O-O-K-O-F-T-R-I-G-G-E-R-S.com. All right, let's jump right back into our conversation here. Let me quickly introduce you to our guest today. Our guest today is a full-stack product designer with over 10 years of experience designing, researching, marketing, planning, and building products. From package design in big box retailers to indie games in the app store, he has a passion for designing experiences that make our lives easier and more enjoyable. He believes pie is better for desserts than charts. And the iPhone 4 is the proper screen size for a phone. Oops, did I disappoint you as an Android user? Well, don't get. He's not too passionately saying this, but then let's jump into the show and see what really he has to say about each one of these perspectives. 
Let's get chatting with our guest today, Kevin Stegawal. I have someone very special with me today. He calls himself a full stack product designer and he thinks iPhone 4 is the proper screen size for a phone. <laughs> now, I really haven't found this kind of a one-liner on, on a brief bio. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. It's super good to have you with us. Thank you very much, Karthik. Thanks. And uh, yeah, just to, to get that one out of the way, uh, you know, the technology, the, this push for everything to be bigger than, than smaller, that's always frustrated me. And uh-huh. the iPhone 4, for, for me, it's the perfect size, uh, fits in my pocket well. Uh, I think the screen is, you know, there's, there's plenty of room on there to, to get all the content you need. Right. And I, I wish I wish Apple would would move back that direction, but I, I don't I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, yeah. that that's a feeling I have I have nurtured for a long time. In fact, mm-hmm. I moved on from four to five, and I've kind of found five pretty good. But then mm-hmm. six sounds a little big. Uh, yeah, which, which yeah I'm on the six. You know, I'm, I'm on the seven now. But yeah, like, are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the six. I got it for the the camera capabilities when my son was born. That w- that was enough for me to upgrade to get the uh-huh. better camera. But uh, yeah, I just find it it's, it's hard to fit in my pocket. I, I don't have the phone on me right. currently because I can't keep it in my pocket when I sit down. So right. those things are kind of annoying. Huh. Good, good. So you yeah. you're someone who likes the smaller phone, and I also found you talking about little data. But then I think we'll talk about all mm-hmm. that. Uh, in the minutes to follow. So, Kevin, you've been a designer um, who's, and you seem to be interested in research, marketing, and building products. So, in the 30-odd minutes uh, to follow, let's speak to Kevin, the product maker and design designer that you are. Sure. Um, yeah, so... Sure. Oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, just to give, give a little background on, on kind of how I got to where I am today. You know, I'm a, I'm a founder of a startup here in Portland, Oregon called Notion. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of le- leading the product team, but I've done all the design myself as well. Um, we're, we're a small team still. And so everyone's kind of wearing those multiple hats. And uh, yeah, I have kind of that, that you know, when I say I'm a, a full stack product designer, um, you know, you hear that term a lot, full stack developer, uh, mm-hmm. which means they, you know, do front end, back end, um, you know that they can do API code, they can do server setup, all that stuff. You, you don't hear it much on on the design side, uh, but what you do end up with is is this kind of you know large amount of different titles that everyone has, and mm-hmm. it sometimes becomes very difficult to understand what a designer is. Uh, right. And I definitely found myself in those situations trying to explain, you know, y- your purpose as a designer when someone thinks, oh, a designer is only the person who sets typography or a designer is only the person who's going to mock up the app, but they're not going to code the app. And so, yeah, I, I kind of decided that, you know, explaining, you're trying to teach people that full stack designer means, you know, we're, there's people out there, there there's many of us uh, mm-hmm. and, and certainly ones who are much better at, better than I am uh, who, who are capable of a lot of those things. You know, I can get into code. I can make the own, you know, make my own websites, make apps that way. Um, but then I can also go into a meeting with the marketing team and, and work on strategy and, you know, think about design, uh, from that side of things in terms of how you tell the story and how you write the story. Beautiful. 
I've actually uh I I was wanting to ask that question and and good that you kind of clarified uh, up front. So Kevin mm-hmm. um I mean you you seem to have a really different way of looking at the world. I mean when I the first thing I uh, you know uh, the first time I got the thought was when I looked at your website uh mm-hmm. your, your personal website and you talked yep. about full stack designer. Now mm-hmm. interestingly when you booked this uh interview you mm-hmm. also said that you know you believe in <laughs> that pies are better in desserts than charts and tortillas <laughs> are, are uh, you know make better utensils so what do you really mean what makes you think this way uh what what makes me think this way <laughs> uh specific to pie charts you know so so our company notion we work in in data mm-hmm. and visualizing data it's, it's a communication and collaboration uh platform to help teams you know surface the data that matters to them mm-hmm. and so it's like a dashboard tool but we have additional layers we integrate with slack we allow for commenting you can build reports uh so you know a lot of a lot of features that take it beyond just a dashboard you would throw up on a, on a screen, but something that's going to be interactive with your team. Mm. And when you start to, you know, share that data with other members of the team, you're, you're sharing it with people who maybe aren't as familiar with how to read data as, as you may be, or as uh, certain members of your team might be. Mm. And so you, you mentioned little data that, that that's another thing that we are um, kind of big on. It's it's the you know literally the opposite of big data, which is you just have this overwhelming amount of of content, and it it takes a you know data scientist to kind of read the tea leaves and, and understand what that means. And I'm not taking anything away from people who can do that. I, I think there's tremendous value in big data. Um, I think the problem is everyone else thinks they have big data and. Mm. And that's just not the case, right? Like you don't have enough, you don't have data like Facebook has data. You don't have data like Apple does or Twitter does. Um, and so we try to help t- people focus on the small data, the little data that matters most to them. And when you're dealing with smaller numbers, um, pie charts, to, to bring it back to that, it's very easy to not purposefully lie with data, but it, it doesn't tell the whole story, right? You're, you're often just looking at, Two values, yes, no, A, B, uh, and when you present it in a, a pie chart, it becomes pretty hard to tell. Well, is that forty-eight percent? Is that fifty-one percent? You know, if you start to get multiple values in there, is slice three bigger than slice four? Is that's bigger than slice five? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, it's not it's not the most effective way to communicate, right? I think as a designer and as a you know product manager. Uh, one of the most important things about your job is communication and you should constantly be thinking about how, how are we going to communicate this information to the team? And it may be something I internally understand very well because I'm, you know, spending all this time with it. But when I present it out to the team, if I just put it in a pie chart, is that really communicating the easiest way? And what are all the additional steps that I have to now include along with that pie chart to explain it? And so now I'm putting additional labels and I'm trying to over explain, you know, this slice is, is, is in fact bigger than, than that slice. And, and these 10 little tiny slices that are so small, you can't even see, I now have to draw a bunch of arrows to, 
like what, what's what's the value right. in doing that really so so yeah we we try to stay completely away from pie charts um and you know pies are tasty so <laughs> keep, keep, keep keeping pies on the dessert table and out of dashboards is is definitely my uh, mo awesome awesome that's true little thinking here so let's yeah. move on here let's jump into our uh bunch of questions we have um so yeah. Let's talk uh, for a moment. Let's you 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 talked about your thinking, but let's talk about your mm-hmm. success for a moment. Sure. Um, you know, like we talked about, you uh, you've been working on products, you've been building products. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing that you think, Kevin, that has made you successful as this product designer and maker that you are today? Sure. Um, so. Successful is definitely relative. Uh, I think what's what's definitely kept me going and, and in the industry uh, and employable is uh, adaptability. Um, I, I actually I started off in uh, advertising, uh, and if you go back even further than that, in school, my dream was to uh, design title sequences for movies. Mm. And so in school, I was taking. Uh, film classes. I was taking animation classes. You know, I, I worked in After Effects and, and Final Cut, and that was, you know, where a lot of my interests lied. And then when I got into my major, um, you know, going through the art school, mm. I had to take a typography class, and that was my first kind of like roadblock in in this dream of becoming a title sequence artist because I was in my head, I was just always thinking I'm going to do the editing. I'm going to, you know, tell these really cool stories. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think that actually a lot of my time is going to be spent pushing pixels around between, you know, kerning and letting. And I just, I couldn't do it. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I love typography. I appreciate good typography. Uh, I just don't have the patience to do it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm totally lazy when it comes to choosing fonts, everything ends up being Helvetica Uh, and so that was kind of like, you know, it was, it was the first step where I had to take, or, you know, the first moment where I take a step back and say, okay, you know, I've come this far. These are the things I love about what I'm doing, but there's some obvious roadblocks here. Uh, how do I spin this and and how do I adapt? And I realized that, you know, what, what I, what I really liked the most about title sequences was being able to tell a story Hmm. and, with my major in school, it was very easy for me to tra- uh, transition into advertising. Uh, it, was, it was kind of the, the, the same, all the same core classes, uh, same teachers. So, so it made an easy transition there. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, advertising, at least the way I, I approach it, and, and I think a lot of people share this uh, mentality, is, you know, advertising is telling a story. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you're, you're selling a product. Um, but you're still trying to communicate to the end user who's, you know, viewing your ad, purchasing your product. Uh, this is the story of the product. This is this, this is how the product is going to make you the hero. Uh, or this is how the competitors of this product are holding you back, right? There's all these different angles you can take. Uh, and that was exciting to me. Um, that got me going, uh, through, for, for the first part of my career, I worked in Chicago for uh, five years for, for a start. Excuse me, for a startup agency. Um, had a great time uh, doing all that, and we we, we kind of did everything right. We had mm-hmm. we had billboards. Uh, I had some some TV spots in Times Square. A lot of print. Wow. Uh, we had package design. Um, but you know, this was 
mid 2000s. And so at that time, one of the, the big things that companies were starting to explore was the web and beyond just banner ads, but people wanted to do micro sites. Um, and that, that interested me a lot because it, it allowed me to kind of start to bring in some of that interactive uh, motion and, and graphics that I had learned doing title sequencing, uh, studying um, into advertising. And so I, you know, really uh, found myself kind of adapting and pushing myself in, you know, I, I taught myself how to code websites and I taught myself Flash, uh, not very well, but uh, this was a time when, when Flash was was pretty uh, predominant in, in that respect. And so, right. yeah, I, I just had to kind of like learn all these new tools. But at the end of the day, I was still in my head doing what I felt I've always done is just, again, telling stories. Uh, and then where that brought me into kind of where I'm at today in, you know, designing product, uh, SaaS products is um, one of our customers, uh, a client wanted to build a, uh, a website that was effectively like a eBay for tractors. Mm-hmm. And we, we took the job, uh, but we were understaffed for it. You know, we, we were designers, we were advertisers, marketers, but we didn't have a development team. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first aha moment of, you know, Oh, this, this is how these bigger websites are actually made. There's, there's entire teams behind this. It's not just, you know, we can't come in and just design it and expect it's going to get built the right way. So we had to, we hired, you know, a couple developers. Um, and that was kind of my first, again, my first exposure into then being like a, a product manager, you know, so I'm, I'm was still designing the app, but then I was also working with the dev team. I was doing standups with the dev team, um, working in pivotal tracker and kind of going through that writing user stories and all of that. Uh, and it really kind of exposed me to that, that world of, of apps and, and development. And that, you know, was like a, like a light switch for me of, mm-hmm. you know, that's really now <laughs> what I want to be doing. Uh, and so, yeah, so I transitioned out of advertising into that, moved out to Portland, mm-hmm. um, during that time and, uh, hooked up with a company here, uh, called crowd compass, mm-hmm. uh, that builds mobile apps. And so I was kind of like the UX, the first UX uh, designer on that team. So I did all the design, rethinking of, of the new platform uh, moving forward. And that's where then I met Dave, who is uh, my co-founder at Notion. Uh, so yeah, it's been been a long winding road to get to where I am today, but it definitely exposed me to a lot of you know different, different steps uh, or you know, different disciplines uh, that kind of all now roll into this full stack, uh, product designer that, uh, that I think of myself as beautiful, beautiful. In fact, uh, um, the journey reminds me of the one that, uh, Donna Lichow, who's on the show, um, a few episodes back, she talked about yep. this as well. Uh, interestingly, uh, what I saw as, a a, a linear, uh, you know, a, a, a line running through your entire career mm-hmm. is, is the ability to find the hero and 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 tell a story. Mm-hmm. And it talked about pie charts not being useful for right. end users and all those things. So interesting. So let's uh, let's come to today's um, sure. you know, today's time. Uh, you are heading a product team. You are a CPO. Yep. You yep. and and you 
end up making quite quite many decisions, you know, on features, assumptions, uh, conducting mm-hmm. user research, name it. So how do you really manage to keep yourself productive, Kevin, as this uh, designer yeah. you are today? Uh, I am a slave to lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I could not get anything done if I, if I did not make lists. Um, and you know, a lot of people do it. There, there's a hundred different ways to do it. Uh, I started off just by kind of writing everything down on, on a piece of paper and then mm-hmm. checking things off as I did it. And that was an easy way to just kind of roll things over to the next day, uh, see where I, you know, left off and, and keep going. Uh, but yeah, as, as I got more and more into running a team and running a company, uh, the number of things just started piling up. And mm. um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it, it's a challenge, right? Because uh, at, at this level, there are, there are so many different things that are uh, fighting for, for my attention, right? It's right. Working, on, working on the marketing site, writing release notes, writing release emails, uh, writing user stories, reviewing uh, customer feedback that's coming from other members of our team, uh, QA testing, um, you know, figuring out payroll and, and working with, uh, Dave, the CEO on, you know, just managing the company hiring. And, and so, yeah, the, the list goes on and on. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you could go to just a, you know, a, a single role and any of those, you know, individual roles would, would have so many things too, right? Like this, this applies to everyone. Uh, a, a designer is going to have, you know, five different projects that they're currently trying to design for, and they have to, you know, keep track of all these things and, and figure out how they're going to bring them all together. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, lists are definitely the way to, to keep that stuff organized. Uh, I use a tool called Things, uh, mm-hmm. the product from uh, Culture Code, I believe, uh, is the company that makes that. Uh, and so I have it on my my laptop and, and my phone. Uh, so it's a great way to just kind of always be in sync and you can, you know, make individual lists across a bunch of different, uh, topics and categories and tag them all and sort and filter. And so, yeah, I, I wake up every morning. Uh, I'm an early riser. And one of the first things I do is, uh, I'll open up my to-do list and make my list for the day. Um, and then, uh, what I found is I use, uh, what's known as like the one, three, five method. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you, anyone out there, you can Google it and I'm sure you'll find uh, a better explanation than I'll give, but basically you want to pick one big thing, three medium sized things and five little things, um, that you're going to get done for the day. And that's more or less, you know, ends up being at least for me, like that's about the limit of, of the things that you can get done. And if you put in two big things, uh, you get too distracted, right? Um, cause usually a big thing is going to take you about a half a day, uh, is the way I think about it. And if you try to do two of those, you're either scrambling to get through them so you can get, move on to those little things. Um, and yeah, it just becomes too much. So I think that's, that's how I stay productive, uh, for sure. And, uh, it brings kind of consistency, mm. Uh, in, in a good way, like it's definitely not mundane, right? Because uh, you're always working on on something different, but it gives me a little bit of structure and rule to my day that helps me kind of get through. And then there's you know there's great satisfaction and motivation in, in checking things off that list, and and at the end of the day, being able to say, yeah, I, I did accomplish a lot today. Absolutely. And how? Just curious, how big is your team today? Uh, we're a team of eight. Uh, actually, I guess nine. We we have an intern who joined us for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're we're still pretty small. Um, you know, we have 
everyone is still kind right. of individual role based across different departments, and then right. it's the dev team takes up uh, about half of that. Yeah. I can imagine because the reason I asked is because I wanted to know if you have people to delegate at this point. It looks like less of it, uh, yeah, especially so I, when we, it gets to the product. Yeah, we, we have a, there is another product uh, manager on the team, Lore, um, oh, and she is focused on kind of the, the customer journey, uh, mm. customer acquisition, uh, that onboarding process. So uh, there's definitely you know, a, a huge amount of, of tasks on her plate as well. Uh, she does a great job uh, focusing on, on that area. And then, yeah, the, the stuff that, that falls on my plate are kind of like prepping stories for the dev team. Right. Uh, you know, we don't have like a, a dev manager. Mm-hmm. So I kind of fill, fill that role as well, making sure that there's always work for them to do. Uh, and then, yeah, we don't have a QA team. So mm-hmm. QA right now falls on Laura and I's plate. Right. Right. Great. So, um, you know, Kevin, one thing I've seen, um, you know, with people making products is this whole approach to managing what I call as the balance between being creative and being productive. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a highly debated uh, space. Uh, There is this popular belief, you know, that I choose to call as the creativity paradox for the one Mm -hmm. better name, which essentially says that creativity and productivity are two ends of a totem pole, so to speak. In other words, you need to forego one in order to get to the other. So Kevin, you seem to really, really be managing this milieu of things going through your um, your timeline every day. How do you really manage to keep this balance between staying creative and being productive? Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky. Uh, I think you know at, at the moment, again, very specific to my situation or the, the company situation, I benefit from you know. And at the same time, we, as a company, we, we struggle with, uh, the fact that, you know, we don't have a, de- a design team. Mm. Uh, and so a, lo- a lot of that falls onto my, my plate and that's where I am able to get a lot of creativity out, mm. um, which is good. But then at the same time, do I wish I had uh, a design team? Absolutely. Uh, it, <laughs> because as you mentioned, yeah, it's a, it is a constant balance and, and struggle. Um, and I would, you know, at, at this point, would love to be able to push that off onto someone else's plate uh, and just kind of be more at the, at the, the, the overseeing level of some of those decisions. Um, but I also know when that day comes, it'll, that will be a hard thing for me to, to turn over because it is something that I'm very close to. And that, yeah, is my, you know, it's in my, in my past and in history, you know, I've always done the design work. Uh, so I'm sure I'll always have and want to do some, some level of that mm. tinkering. But yeah, I think, you know, the, the other benefit is just being able to, uh, or, you know, the, one of the other ways I try to stay creative is, you know, expressing creativity outside of, uh, the, the product. Mm. And, you know, it's as, as a product owner now, I mean, it's, you know, I spend every waking moment and sometimes sleeping moment thinking about the products. And so it's actually, it has become a lot harder for me to, to do any uh, additional creativity uh, yeah. exercises. But I think you know, one of the things I like to do when, when I was um, at Crowd Compass, the company before this, mm-hmm. uh, and I was at that time really focused on mobile apps. Um, and so one of the things I, I like to do then was I would design games. Um, 
just you know small little simple games. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, you know kind of like a five minute game, something you can take out if you're waiting for the bus or going up the elevator. You know, like something that you can literally play and just uh, you know one quick go. Uh, and so I would think of think of little games like that. Um, you know, what would be something fun that I would enjoy playing. Uh, and then I would, I would try to enlist, uh, different members of my team to help me actually develop those. Um, so, so that was, that was a good way to, to get some of that creativity out. I, I think one of those games, you know, actually we, we published it all the way to the app store, which was exciting. Um, and it was just a simple matching game where you were trying to, I think it's listed on my website, right? Where you're trying to match up colors, right. uh, different shades, uh, to make runs or sets, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think, you know, having, I guess that's how my brain always works is, is I'm always staying within the, uh, the framework of what I'm working on, uh, professionally. Like I don't have, you know, I don't, don't play the guitar. I'm not very musically inclined. I don't paint. Uh, I, I wish I could do those things, but, um, I know that that's a great way that, that sometimes, uh, or that's how some other people uh, express their creativity outside of work. But for me, it tends to be, you know, just, just staying within, within the, the space, but thinking of new things, mm. um, completely unrelated to the, to the product I'm working on. And sometimes that'll help you actually solve problems. Um, you know, that, that are related to it, but, right. but you've now approached it from a different angle and you're kind of like free of all constraints right. and, and you say, oh, yeah, that's actually a solution that, that can work uh, for my main product. And that's a good kind of eureka moment to bring you back. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I firmly believe that you don't need to really be good at art or whatever it is. Uh, you know, being able to do what you're doing, which is kind of reframe every now and then kind of mm-hmm. gives, helps you get give that fresh perspective into what you're doing, too. So, yeah. How about, how about you? I'm curious. What do you, cause I, I also used to run a podcast, but this was years ago. Uh, it was a video podcast. Are you, what are, are you doing? Is the podcast your, your main, uh, day to day? And then what else, what do you do on the side or is the podcast what you do on the side? I, I consult, uh, I, okay. I take courses and workshops, uh, okay. for companies, uh, and, uh, teams. That's what I do. And, and podcast is, it was for a long time, um, you know, at least for over six months, it was the first and, and the main source of spending mm-hmm. my uh, time because mm-hmm. I was very interested in learning how to podcast. And that's how it began. Yep. And of course, um, and and I kind of spend most of my time making making random stuff. You know, I mm-hmm. just, uh, we, we moved houses and I actually made a, a, a bookshelf for myself. Oh, awesome. Uh, I keep, I have a three and a half year old son who, so I end yep. up making a lot of origami. I, I love making origami stuff. So I make that I try to do all, I mean, I, I like to do physical stuff more. So I end up yep. kind of coming up with ideas and doing them. Yeah, that's and, great. Yeah. I would love to get into like woodworking someday, right. but that's just <laughs> no, I don't, too much of I, I, <laughs> Yeah. I don't do woodworking, but then this is all yep. using cardboards and oh, uh, perfect, yeah. stuff like that. So Great. I mean, this is uh, this is fun. So, Kevin, let's shift gears here um, and sure. move on to our second part of a chat, where um, sure. you know we explore this thing called I call the product mindset, mm-hmm. which is essentially a set of belief, skills, techniques, and thinking hacks that you know, I've seen successful. Product. 
right. I hope you've been enjoying this conversation so far. I know I told you uh, this is going to be a very different conversation. We got kind of chatting and he actually talks about a lot, lot more interesting stuff. In fact, today he talked about a couple of uh, things that really, really stood out. One is telling stories. Now, you know how much we talk about telling stories as product managers and designers and makers. We are in the business of telling stories. You also saw Donna Litcher talk about this in the past and so many other guests talk about this. He also talks about this 135 method. I am actually in the process of trying this out and I really, really hope to see some results out of this uh, way to, to, you know, get stuff done and stay productive. All right, now head over to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes and hit subscribe because I don't want you to miss out the second part of this interview. I really think you're going to get a lot of value from the second part. And also, if you are using an Android device, do use designyourthinking.com slash Stitcher. That's the app you want to use if you're using an Android phone. And if you want to stay tuned to more such interesting product stuff, do head over to designyourthinking.com. That's the home page. Just head over right to the bottom of the page. You'll find a button staring at you. Just click that and join DYT Insider. That's my newsletter. And I also send out interesting stuff. In fact, the last newsletter I sent out yesterday, I sent out a bunch of sketch notes about a lot of interesting product stuff that I just listened to. Third, if you really want to get more such value, I really think you should support me. Yes, just head over to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes and just go and leave a rating and review for me because I really would not be able to sustain doing this if you don't leave me a rating and review. Just please head over to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes and leave me a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening and you can find the show notes for this episode by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash episode 110. That's episode 110. One zero. Till I see you with the next episode. Stay tuned, stay inspired, keep crushing. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Design Your Thinking podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter at www.designyourthinking.com.